0: Hey everyone, I hope you're having a great week so far. This is Kat, the host of your Growth Mindset podcast show. In this episode, we'll get on to part two of Taylor's story. And if you're just tuning in, definitely listen to part one of this new series. Season two is about Batty Babe, empower and inspire true stories. And all we're trying to do here in this mission is to empower and inspire through real stories, real people. So stay tuned and hear her story right now. All right. So we're back on the show for the next part with Taylor. Uh, I hope you're having a great week so far. So let's pick up where we left off. We were talking about really that traumatic day and everything that happened. Um, let's recap on that can you tell us again for those that are just joining us um that day was yeah it was pretty horrifying
1: it was definitely not how i wanted to start my new years that's for sure um so yeah it was just um my ex and i had had like a pretty turbulent relationship for a while and it was finally just all coming to a head um we had already agreed we were going to be separating and all these other things but It just got really violent. You know, my stitches were kicked out. My hand was really banged up. There was a lot of blood. I had a really big pistol whip um, scar. It was a gash at the time, now it's a scar. Um, So, just those kinds of things. And we had to basically, I had to call my mom and my aunts to come and help me out. So my mom was in Texas at the time and she couldn't get a flight out that day but she knew that she could be there and I think it was like a day and a half. That was the next available flight. So she booked it. My aunt lived in Denver. So my aunt came up and basically we just had to go through our options. I had to talk to my ex's mom and I let her know that like your son's in jail. So there's that. And I had to get a hold of his ex as well to come and get her kiddo. And I just knew that I wasn't gonna stay. I wasn't gonna live there. And I definitely didn't want to be in the house when he got out of jail. Um, So he went to jail on the first and I was in Texas by the fifth. I packed up everything in the house. Um, my friends and my family came and helped me because my hand was like bandaged and wrapped up and I couldn't use it. Um, but my friends and my family came to help me and we loaded up a U-Haul just with my stuff and the baby stuff and we left we drove all night and all day on the fourth to be in texas by the fifth and he as far as i know really didn't try and contact me for a while Yeah, he says that he did but i feel like probably didn't probably really didn't care so he went to
0: jail right and and they couldn't hold him for anything because they couldn't find a weapon right So then he got out. So he got out, and this just, I have so many feelings about this, like how just incredibly fucked up that is. You know, if I were in your situation, like that's really wrong in all accounts. Like, first of all, this fool tried to kill us, and then he got, and then you let him out. And unfortunately, this happens so much. This happens a lot, domestic abuse cases, you know, person goes to jail, they let them out, they just don't feel like it's a serious offense or there's
1: not enough evidence. And then
0: this person goes back roaming the streets and doing it to some other woman.
1: Exactly, and there's it's a huge cycle of that. Or like when people victim shame or when they do that thing and they're like, why didn't you leave? Why didn't you do this? Like you've yeah. got to help. That literally makes the culture even worse. Um, and yeah. it just it perpetuates that stigma all over everybody why would anybody reach out why would anybody tell you and then you hear so many stories of people that have like protection orders in place right and they're like oh there's nothing we can do or they move and they start showing up at their work or they start and people are like there's really nothing we can do so colorado did give me a protection order um i took it to texas the very first day i was there you know still banged up I put it on file with the Texas Police Department, like where my city and everything. Put that on file, and um, <laughs> the lady looked him up. Like he was being held on a ton of charges, like failure to appear yeah. charges, mm-hmm. for court dates that like I didn't know he had. Court dates that he said got rescheduled. Like there was mm-hmm. so much more, um, other domestic violence charges with his ex. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, stuff like that, but he moved right back in with her. Mm hmm. So, I guess they were doing that for a while. I don't really know how long. I I mean, I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> but I know he had been out of jail for only a couple of weeks and then they both got arrested together for a DUI. So I was like, well, yeah. Just keep all yeah. that energy over there, I guess.
0: Yeah, cuz all that matters at this point is your daughter's safety. You guys, you know, moving forward with your life from this like toxic situation and and you're doing everything you can. You like, literally you got yourself out of that situation. You got help, you, st- you sought out support, you know, put your put your daughter in a, in a place where she is safe and protected from all of that.
1: And we were, but it didn't, I, like I'm grateful for the help that I had, um, but it also doesn't come without its challenges. And I also oh, feel yeah. like this doesn't get talked about enough because yeah. it, it was hard to move back in with family. I hadn't lived with any oh, yeah. family since Mm -hmm. I was 18 years old there was and now I'm 24 you know Mm -hmm. got my masters have a baby but now I have to move back into my mother's house oh yeah it was terrible like Mm -hmm. I felt you know unworthy it was a really dark space and then I didn't feel like I could mourn it properly because Mm -hmm. as bad as it was and as much as I wanted to be away from everything like it was still heartbreaking
0: yeah of course You're still going through it,
1: yeah. Yeah, but you don't really get. I mean, and any heartbreak sucks, and all of those things. I'm not. I'm not saying just for moms or for women, but especially as a brand new mom with a newborn. Like, what am I gonna do? I can't go and hang out with all my friends. Mm -hmm. I have an entire human. I just left my friends back in a different state. I. Yeah. Didn't like. You know you want to go out with your friends or go drinking if that's your thing or go dancing or get on dating apps or i don't know whatever like your coping yeah. stuff is and i didn't feel like i was really able to do any yeah. of that because i was doing it alone in a brand new mm-hmm. place how do you meet people with a month old newborn yeah you know my family was super supportive but when i would be like having a down day or sad they'd be like why Fuck that guy. You didn't lose anything. da, 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 da. We don't need it." hmm Which is true, but it also just wasn't the proper grieving process, I guess. Oh, yeah. I wanted to be sad. I wanted to lay in bed for days. I wanted mm-hmm. to be upset. I wanted to cry. I wanted to go out with my friends and binge drink and meet somebody new. Yeah. And yeah. those were options. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you
0: were young. I mean, gosh. Like to be also gentle with ourselves in these processes. A lot of us at that age didn't even know what we wanted. Like you, let alone you had a master's degree, you you know you had a house, like you had a beautiful dream home. You know you you worked hard to get where you were, and then it's just so happens. Of course, it's not picture picture perfect, right? Like you're we saying, um, you get in the wrong you know either relationship or dating someone, and sometimes that just leads to a whole different path, you know, to really just not be so hard on ourselves. Like um, I moved back also at 35 years old (laughs) and being in a Filipino culture was like there could be a lot of shame with that in the situations. But I see that you're like a really hard worker, you know, um, a great mom and at 24 years old, like for the audience listening, like where were you at 24? you know and like to not also put judgment on anyone else on on where they are in their life like we all make mistakes we all like have our own journey. you know and you did the best you could with what you know you were dealing with especially in a in a situation like that
1: I think yeah thanks thanks for that <laughs> it's nice to hear <laughs> but I mean our stories are so similar in that sense that like we both had to go home and like it's humbling and it's, I also had a lot of shame around it and I was like now what am I going to do what, Like I could be out in my own place with friends I could be renting I could be doing this but also like my 23-24 year old friends were they really going to take in Did the, I mean they would have taken in a newborn but like that's just a different lifestyle it was a lifestyle that I was fine with not having anymore because I thought I was going to have an entire family and then all of that was gone and it was just me and this baby in a new place um, so it was really disorienting and it didn't come without its challenges. But for anybody that hears that and you feel mm-hmm. less than, or you feel like, oh, I couldn't do that. Or I have nowhere to go or any of those things that women so often think of there, especially women with multiple kids. I hear that a lot, a lot, a lot. They're like, well, who's going to take in four of us or five of us? Or I don't, my family is older. My parents are older. I don't have that support system honestly, reach out to the people around you and to your local resources. Cause they also, yeah. I have no idea they have this, but like they have those programs where you and other single moms can rent together. Or oh, where you can connect for you. Yeah, I didn't even know that. <laughs> I, I wish I could think of one of the names. At least I know that they do in Colorado. I did never look for that in Texas, but just check and see what you have. And don't feel any shame around it because if yeah. that's what you need to do for your kid, yeah. then that's what you need to do and I worked a lot of hours and I didn't really you know have new clothes or new anything because I had to get a new car and this and this but my kid didn't go without not once
0: yeah and you and you hella worked so I like you were saying that despite you know you having clearly you know the domestic abuse written on your face you this what you had said you went in and applied for a job and you needed the job and you freaking got it you were showing this manager like hey I can work despite how I look like give me this job I need it and you're willing to do anything like to make sure you you know you have income coming in
1: yeah i was it was january and i had just finished up my colorado teaching license and every state has their own licensing Mm -hmm. policies so as soon as i moved i started applying for my texas teaching license getting all the paperwork done um it wasn't even an issue of like can i pass their test or whatever you just have to fill out the forms Mm -hmm. and i was doing that but it was january and i was in search of a new car because he had totaled mine So I had to go, my mom put the down payment on it so that I could take it home. Had to pay my mom back for my car, like I was 16 again. So that was super cool. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's paid off now. It's been paid off and she's been paid back. But like that was another roadblock, like on top of all of the debt and the negative credit cards and all the issues that we had been having before, I now had to owe money on a car so that I could have one.
0: I, I mean, really like admire like you know because I had I mean even before I had my daughter I was like man how do these like I have single mom friends that are amazing and I'm always like how do they do it like out on their own how do you work jobs get daycare have a car and then um, get your degree like how do they do it if they actually don't have family and they don't have friends but again it's like seeking resources and um I feel like again with these stories it's like when you feel like, your back is against the wall when you have you're literally, you know, ground zero, you are going to do whatever it takes to make it happen. There are no excuses,
1: you make it happen. (laughs) Exactly. That's where I was at. I was at a total ground zero. um, Before everything had happened, you know, we had recently moved and when finances were good, we maxed out one of my credit cards for like furniture and that kind of stuff, which was fine, because Um, I had just been like, we'll pay it back when you get paid, no big deal. Well, then it turns out that because of some of his other issues, like a DUI on his record and all these other things, he couldn't get a license. He couldn't go and get his license redone. He couldn't do these things. All these issues from the past were like piling up at once. And so my bank account was negative. We had a joint bank account. Ladies, fellas, don't do that right away. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I will ever have a joint bank account ever again. Um, And I know I brought it up in the past that like he was the one that was working and the only reason that i bring that up is because that financial piece really played a part later on when i had been out of work when i had been on maternity leave when i had not been putting any money into my savings account because i was relying on him even though we had agreed on that that can also be a really big red flag when only one of you has the finances because then they Can tell you, you wouldn't have this if it weren't for me. Um, Where are you going to go? Because this money comes from my paycheck. How are you going to take it to go do anything? Mm -hmm. And so that definitely was playing a part now. And I got into Texas and that's where I was. Like you said, ground zero. And I'm going to go into a restaurant. I've been in the restaurant industry for, well, now 10 years. Yeah, almost 10 years since I was 18 so I went in and I applied for that job and I had my black eye and my broken hand and all the bruises and the scrapes and they were like, uh, so yeah. Well, uh, you're too overqualified. So uh like they didn't know how to approach it, they didn't know how to have the conversation. They were like, we're sorry, you're overqualified, you can't have the job. And I was like, I don't think you understand, I need this job because I don't start teaching until August. And they were like, yeah, well, um, there's really, you know, well, and they were trying not to talk about my face, trying not to talk about my hand, trying not to do any of that. So I grabbed a tray from one of the people that was there. And I started bussing tables and he was like, you can't, what are are you doing? My back is against a wall. I have no income. I have a newborn at home. I have zero money to my name, literally zero money to my name. Everything in my name is in debt right now. I need this job and I bet that I can do this shift better than the people that you have. Yeah. And he was like, "Uh, I don't think that you can be doing that. Like you don't work here, you're not in non-slips, you can't be grabbing stuff, you can't. And I was like, cool, it's okay, I'll just bust it real quick. Like I'll bust these tables and I'm assuming that you have a back entrance to the yeah. kitchen, everybody does. And he was like, okay, okay, you've, you've made your point, you have the job. Mm-hmm.
0: It's a badass move, really, that, like, reminds me of a good movie.
1: <laughs> it didn't feel badass at uh-huh. the time. It just, it felt so desperate. I needed yeah. it. I needed a job. I had no income. I didn't have days and days to apply and wait to hear back and do right. all these things. And it's one of those things where you're like, well, how did you, like you, we were saying with single moms, like, how did you do it? How did you work all those hours? How did you do this and this? For anybody out there... And it doesn't even have to be in relation to kids, but I think you realize like you really never know what you're capable of until you do not have a choice. Right. Exactly. So I did, I kept that job. It was one of my best jobs. I still keep in contact with everybody that was there. That was one of the best managers I ever had. And I worked my ass off for yeah. a year.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. And you like, I I remember you're saying that, you know, debt-free, you build all that income back, got your credit, you know, you went into, and you went into teaching, right? You you applied. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I did. It was a lot of really small stuff. It started really small, you know, one successful serving shift is around like 150 bucks to like 300. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're bartending, it's more. And every time I would make money, I would be like, cool, this is my old water bill. Right. This is paying off this this is doing this. And even though we had those accounts together, I had them in my name because my credit had been better. So things that didn't seem like a big deal at the time, why, why wouldn't we put it in my name? That way we don't have to pay the security deposits. But then that meant that when we didn't pay them, that fell on me. And he was in jail at the time. So I was like, well, he's not going to be any help. He wasn't even any help, but he wasn't in jail. And then he was living with his ex. And I was like, so you guys are going to be your whole, own can of worms and mess of issues and I didn't want to initiate any contacts but I didn't have to. So I just went ahead and I paid them and I paid them one bill at a time. Here's 168 for a past due bill. Here's $300 for this. And some of our stuff went into collections. And so, you know, you call those people and it's true. If you call them and you're like, Hey, I can't make that payment, but this is what I have, or I could do it in two payments. They, they actually did work with me. Mm -hmm. I love that you're
0: talking about this because this is super important. It's for like those that are like, I have no, no idea that how to financially do that. And again, you're in your younger twenties where I still was learning at that time, you know, um, those resources, learning more like financial education. I feel like is so freaking important, even at a way younger age, like we would teach our daughters that starting now, (laughs) you know, how to save money, how money works, um, you know, uh, the value of a dollar so important. Um, so you were, so you were teaching and then
1: from there, um, how long were you teaching for like at this point or since you, yeah, I had taught for a year before that, um, Mm -hmm. at like direct director centers, no, Uh (laughs) like daycare centers and stuff. (laughs) For a while I thought I wanted to be a director and like run a childcare center Mm -hmm. and I was doing the classes for that. And then I decided, no, I don't really like that as much. I kind of like them to have some autonomy. So I had done that for a whole year. And then I had worked in elementary school for a year. And then I officially started that following year and I finished out that school year. So about three years at that time in different settings. working nights and weekends, paying everything off. And I'm really grateful that I had like so much family. My brothers were there. I had my mom, I had siblings. I had amazing neighbors. I had friends that would help me um, mostly in the evening so that I could work like overnight shifts so that I wasn't missing a ton of time with her. But it was really exhausting. And then I just kind of figured once I didn't have to do it anymore, I, I really didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't want to work two or three jobs all the time. I didn't want to teach full time and serve all the time and miss any more time than I ever had to. I know, you know, everybody has to work. I know that's a natural thing. Everybody has to have some kind of a schedule, but I just felt like I had given so much time to get us caught up that I didn't want to do it anymore. So I've been teaching now for almost, yeah, almost five years. Well now at this point, like officially those three plus where I've been, so like seven, but as a teacher by myself about five years and it was great. I'm glad that I did it and I still felt like I was just not home enough. I was gone eight hours a day to go and be with other people's kids and I know people go to work as an accountant or whatever and you know, that's just how things work, but It just wasn't sitting right for me anymore. I really didn't want to do it. And I had always seen these people, you know, you see them on Instagram or on Pinterest where they travel the world and make money from their computer. And I was like, I want what they have. How exactly do I get into that? Um, So I just started looking like I was taking career aptitude tests and I was asking all my friends and I was like, what would I do if I wasn't a teacher? And they're like, I don't know, you've been a teacher your whole life. So best of luck or I remember one time I asked my mom, I was like, mom, what would I be if I wasn't a teacher? And she was like, unemployed, why do you ask? And I was like, well, I guess that's true. And so I was, you know, I was writing down all the things that I was passionate about. I always wanted a podcast. I always wanted a blog. I think I'm going to have a blog if you guys ever want to check it out. Um, But all these things that I wanted that I didn't have and I was like that inner voice that was like, nobody's going to read this. What about your story is so valuable? Um, What can you teach people that they don't already have? Or what are you doing so well that other people are going to care? And it definitely wasn't going to be like a food blog or one of those DIY mom blogs. So I was just looking for all the things that I love. And I guess I really landed on I wanted flexible time with my daughter. I knew I wanted to help other people but I didn't know exactly what that was gonna look like. And I wanted flexibility so that if I wanted to take my kiddo to the beach for a weekend, I could do that. I didn't want to be building anybody else's business anymore. (laughs) I was literally at home manifesting, like I wanna meet more single moms. I wanna meet more mothers in general. I wanna meet more moms that have created a business because it's hard to do all the things. I want to um, have more like-minded people in my life. And that was a manifestation that I had for weeks. And then journey kind of just fell in my lap and I found it. And now I have this entire network and community and here I am taking clients.
0: Yeah, I love it. And then, so now you are um, a spiritual awareness coach. Yes. Right. And then, what do you love about that? Like, how did that come to be? And I just love seeing all your posts and giving tips and doing tarot card readings and talking about spirituality. It's something that I absolutely love myself. I, you know, I have the crystals and stone certification. I love learning about all the crystals and all, I would say, I would joke and say, oh, all that hippie shit, but hey that energy
1: shit is real <laughs> i love my hippie shit. Uh, i love it i don't normally i used to like not lead with the woo stuff and be like "Ooh, i'm into yeah all that stuff. but honestly at this point that's just who i am and i really don't care like i really don't care anymore that was the biggest takeaway from this entire long-winded way to say mm-hmm that I was trying to fit into all these boxes of what I was supposed to be and who my ex wanted me to be and who I thought I had to be as a mom and what I thought I had to do to be successful and just all these different things. And I was raised in a very spiritual household. My dad's mom was very, very hippie, I guess. She had the tarot card. She taught me, um, she had the crystal, she taught me She would take me to the psychic fairs and get like palm readings and aura readings and bought me all my first rocks and all that. And I remember my mom was like, this is so not for me. And my ex was like, this is really weird. Like, I don't like this in my house. It's devil worship and it's all these things. (laughs) So it was a lot of like, okay, I've always really liked this thing but I've never been able to do it. And when I really got the chance to sit with myself and do that inner work and that introspection and the rebuilding, Mm-hmm. i don't care yeah i love the woo i love the mm-hmm. shit. my house oh is yeah definitely bathroom.
0: i'm it's so cute because you can't see like our videos but uh taylor's like pulling her daughter i have my little one screaming throwing a tantrum outside the door right now so i'm running in and out but this is like real life mom life right here
1: <laughs> trying <laughs> it, to work do business this is the real it, deal guys <laughs> that's what i love though because you understand here's my kiddo yeah. the zoom call because yeah my whole part of my why was to yeah was <laughs> to be home with her, was to have yeah. more time with her. So yeah. sometimes she is home, sometimes she does make an appearance. Yeah. In my calls. I try and keep that to a bear. Oh now. yeah. I mean I uh, was that
0: I was that chick at journey, um, that, you know, Harley would be running in and out and crying and screaming there was one point which I don't think anyone ever saw on camera she was like my mom was like giving her a bath and she ran through the room naked and I was like you know like we were clearly on camera during doing school but you know what this is real life this is what we do um <laughs> we're like single mom business owners you know um we're we're moms first and it's okay you know stuff happens
1: <laughs> that's yes. That's another thing that really, you know, like through this whole entire process and it's been a long process and I'm still, you know, it's interesting because the business flows and changes mm-hmm. as you kind of flow and change. And as your kiddos get oh, older, yeah. your focus and everything can shift. So when I started, I was like, Oh my God, nobody can see my kid. Nobody can, yeah. know I don't want anyone to hear any sound. Yeah. And at this point, I mean, she's being pretty good right now. You with oh right no,
0: now. she's such a sweetheart compared to Harley would be climbing all over, me, screaming right now. So I'm like, dang, she is so good. So well-behaved. We definitely,
1: <laughs> not always, just today. We definitely try and keep it to a minimum, but like my clients have seen her running in and out. Oh yeah. Or they've heard yeah. her knocking on the door or mm-hmm. unless she's at school um, for the day, which she doesn't always go to that either, because the whole point is to be home with her. Yeah. So keep it to a bare minimum. Uh, yeah. But these are, and that's just what it is. I have toddler, and mm-hmm. she's a wild card. <laughs> that's,
0: that's, that's, car. a, that's real life right there. And like I will say, you know, because of our this whole season is called like Batty Babe, and it's really like entrepreneurs and all all walks of life and it's like as moms multitasking it's just such a badass thing itself like being able to do multiple jobs and multiple things like you know while building a business i feel like mom life ultimately also prepares you for whatever life throws at you when shit hits the fan or dealing with other people or crazy people or negative energy like um you know coming across like really hard obstacles I will say nothing has taught me more than having my daughter like going through the ups and downs of having a toddler terrible two toddler and you know when they're sick being a single mom you're the one there you're the one taking care of them you know when you're Lots of days where your coffee's cold, your food's cold. Like I can't like roll over and be like, hey, hon, because I'm a single mom. I can't roll over and say, can you take her so I can sleep more? No.
1: Yes. <laughs> can I have some help? Can somebody do this part for me? Can, and don't get me wrong, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Yeah. Sometimes the internet being the way that it is, people oh, take yeah. it on with it. And they're like, oh well, you should be so thankful you have your I am, it's nothing like that. I love her to death, but it is yeah. hard. And it is it a lot of hours.
0: Like parenting in general is hard. Not even, you don't, not even saying, oh, you have to be a
1: single parent. No, no. parenting is just fucking hard in general. Um, and you never know, is your kid gonna have a good day? Are they gonna have a bad day? Are they gonna be <laughs> cooperative? Are they gonna scream and have a temper tantrum over ice cream? The other night we had a meltdown <laughs> because I wouldn't let her have ice cream for dinner. And she went to her room and she, I was like, that's fine. I guess you just don't even love me. Like, oh. That's so funny because as I ran off screen, I
0: literally grabbed ice cream and gave it to her so she would stop.
1: Bribery, I was like, oh, let's yeah, play. <laughs> Sometimes you have to bribe them with the chips. Right? Sometimes things need to be done. So yeah, I just, what I really wanted say? something that allowed me to embrace all of that which is a lot and it's a lot and it's messy and you need to be flexible and you need to give yourself grace and you need to give all the other moms grace because at the end of the day, I think everybody's really just trying to do the best that they can. They really are, you know? And then on top of that, it's like
0: taking care of yourself, like the self balance, like working on yourself, the inner growth,
1: the freaking therapy, all of that stuff. (laughs) I was like dancing off camera. I was like, yes, this and this and this and that. (laughs) It took me a while to get really, really clear on like, I knew I wanted to do like spiritual wellness. Um, as somebody who was trying not to lead with the woo or have it all out there for so long, it really feels good again to be like, you know what, it's just, it's who I am and the right people love it. And if they don't, then that's okay. They're probably not for me. Yeah. But it was that idea that, um just like relatable spirituality like everyday spirituality when you're tired and you're Mm -hmm. exhausted or you don't have the money or do this because when I was at rock bottom I was looking at you know Instagram and Facebook and all these places that I wanted to be and I was seeing all of these coaches and gurus and like these spiritual wellness people and I wanted to be them so badly Mm -hmm. I still do I still want to take like my fancy trip to Egypt um but you will (laughs) right but They just, when they're talking from that place of like, they're traveling the world and you're stressing how you're going to put dinner on the table, their message, it's not landing the same, or at least it doesn't for me. Like you can tell me to do the inner work, but you're doing your inner work on a plane ride to Egypt right now. Yeah. My inner work between cold coffee, a night (laughs) shift, and my toddler keeps waking up. Yeah. I like that you say that
0: relatable spirituality. I love that.
1: It's just something that I wanna I wanna bring it to everybody and yeah. um, spirituality recently has gotten super trendy, which yeah. <laughs> is both a blessing and a curse because now everybody wants to know. Mm-hmm. But now you know services are upcharged and crystals are upcharged yeah. and there's a lot of yep fake. Um, like fake crystals for one mm-hmm. or everybody's an expert yeah. now or <laughs> everybody yeah. has an expert meditation practice and all that stuff. And let me just tell you when you're working night shifts and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go home and I'm going to meditate for 10 minutes. No, you're uh-huh. not. you is going to sleep. You're going to fall asleep.
0: <laughs> I swear like, because, you know, I have um, a yoga certification and people are like, oh, like I wasn't allowed to be mad or stressed because I'm a yoga teacher. I'm like, no, chick, it's, It's really because I have the tools. It doesn't mean I'm a saint and I like am meditating all day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I just want to bring those in like bite-sized, tangible little bits. How can you do it? How can you bring it into your life? Mindfulness, Um, crystals, if that's your jam, all of those smaller things. Wealth consciousness is something that I've, through this whole process, really trying to fine tune my wealth consciousness because I feel like that, especially for moms, Or, you know, parents in general, sorry, men, um, (laughs) is so critical. And I was doing a bunch of like the wealth consciousness steps without really realizing it. And now that I'm in a better place financially, spiritually, mentally, um, I can really toy with that. And it's Mm -hmm. incredible. So I just want to bring it in these bite-sized pieces to help other people, even if they don't have a ton of money and they're not traveling, like you don't need to go. And get services all the time. You don't always need fancy acupuncture. You don't need to go and do hikes every sunrise. Yeah. Just that trendy stuff. So, yeah, that's really what I'm working on now. And I'm happy that I get to do it with people like you.
0: Yes, absolutely love all of it. Again, you know you can find um, her Instagram. Her handle is at Taylor Ray Talks underscore. She can do a tarot reading for you if you will, if you like that. Some one-on-one breath work. Um, schedule a coaching session with her, and see a lot more information on her page.